Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. Our guest in this episode is Teresa Broyles Applin, who was appointed President and CEO of Nashville Electric Service in June 2022. Prior to being appointed as President and CEO of NES, Teresa served as Chief Financial Officer at NES since 2006. Teresa, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Of course, it's a pleasure to be with you. Great. So, Teresa, um, to get our conversation started, um, in situations such as this where I'm speaking with a, a newly appointed CEO or president, I usually like to start off with kind of a threshold question of, of what your priorities are in terms of your new position. I'll certainly appreciate that question. Uh, one of my key goals as CEO is to make National Electric Service even more customer-centric in the ways that we conduct business. We provide a critical service that's vital to the health, safety, and comfort of our customers. However, we're a monopoly, so they don't choose to do business with us. And I believe that gives us an even bigger obligation to be customer-centric. So I want us to be innovators in the area of customer service. I want us to meet customers where they are and provide them options and rates and options and how they interact with us as their service provider. Um, That will involve will involve a variety of things, but um, it will certainly involve the use of technology in some cases. Uh, we are working through a major IT project that will result in the replacement of all of our major systems. Uh, the portions of the project that are being tackled first impact the customer experience more so than some of the later pieces. Uh, we've started with the meter data management system that will be complete next month. We will then begin working on getting a new customer information system implemented and Along with that initiative, it will include a customer portal application and other technology that will help streamline customer customer interactions and allow us to provide options to customers on rates and allow customers to communicate with us in a, in a wider variety of ways. And not all of my vision regarding customer service improvements can be tackled with technology alone. In other cases, it will require a different level of engagement from our workforce Um, That feeds into some of my other initiatives that I'm driving. With my viewing that our employees are our greatest asset, I'm looking to make bigger investments in training and workforce development. We've historically done a great job of training our employees on technical aspects of their jobs, along with policies and procedures. I would like to enhance our training offerings to include things like managing your own career path, having difficult conversations, providing useful feedback on performance appraisals, and many other many other topics that I believe will give employees the non-technical skills they need to be successful in their current roles, in addition to giving them skills they need to move into leadership roles. Um, so I, I want to make sure that we have a pipeline of employees ready to move into leadership roles as we have people retire. And that would seem to be an excellent investment. And another priority is to roll out some diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Um, I would like to see more diversity within our workforce and the talent pipeline from which we are hiring. We can build that up in the talent pipeline that will help us enhance our diversity within our workforce. And uh, we have some excellent uh, projects underway to advance those goals. And I believe that both uh, those DEI initiatives and the investment training will make as a better organization overall, in addition to helping move the needle on the customer experience. And another facet of my vision uh, pertains to quite a bit of transformation for our organization. For decades, NES has focused on delivering safe, reliable, and affordable power to our customers. We're excellent at doing so. And while I want to continue with those initiatives, I would like to further 
the utility's capabilities by incorporating more innovative and sustainable ways to provide power and reduce our carbon footprint. NES has had no carbon reduction or renewable goals, nor do we have a plan for approaching any sustainability initiatives. Uh, and we were a bit limited. As a TVA distributor, we have historically had limited ways that we could invest in greener power. Uh, with the flexibility now provided under a long-term partnership agreement with TVA, we have some creative things that we're doing to move forward sustainable initiatives that make sense for our customers. Uh, we, we engaged a consultant earlier this year to assist with developing an ESG framework and strategy. Out of the in-depth analysis uh, that they performed came many ideas on ways that we can be greener and more socially responsible. I'm passionate about this and have uh, made those items priorities in our budget. And I've personally engaged in ensuring that we are moving forward on those important initiatives. It's too early to reveal the details on those projects, but I can tell you that I'm really excited about them. Great. Um, thanks, Teresa. Um, so just switching gears here, um, you know, as you know, supply chain challenges um, are permeating throughout the economy and, and the electric utility sector has is, is not been able to avoid that. Um, so just more specifically as it relates to your utility, has NES encountered any issues related to the ongoing supply chain challenges? Oh my, I wish I could say that I have no idea what you're referring to, <laughs> but that would certainly be a lie. Um, I don't believe any of us are immune to these issues right now. Inventory for materials like transformers, commercial meters, and even poles have uh, been quite a challenge for us these days. We've been managing our inventory as best we can, but we continuously have vendors missing delivery dates on critical items which of course intensifies our shortage. Uh, we've taken a fresh look at how we do business to come up with ideas of how to address that in the short term. Uh, we've looked at different pole applications to see if we can use poles made of concrete and uh, versus some of our standard um, poles of wood and metal. And uh, another example, we've decided to prioritize the installation of permanent transformers for service restoration and permanent service requests. And with all the new construction going on in Nashville, we do have a lot of requests for temporary service and those utilize a lot of transformers. Uh, this approach takes some of the inventory pressure off and ensures that we're allocating those critical assets to go live, permanent go live ready projects. Uh, we've also received approval from the board from me to approve transformer purchases. Uh, that would normally require board approval, and it would have to go to the board once a, once a month. And um, our managing that process this way allows us to reduce our lead time a bit. Uh, we have no silver bullet. I don't believe any of our peers have provided a, a silver bullet either. It's just, it's just a challenge we're all facing, but I think we're all managing it as best we can. Yeah, right. And I, and I guess, you know, there's no, obviously, there's no crystal ball in terms of when things might ease up a little bit at, at this point. No, honestly, we're hearing even longer lead times on transformers as we put in additional orders. So right. I, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. We're just trying to be as prudent as possible. And in some cases, placing large orders um, when we, we have the ability to do so, because that tends to move you a little further up the priority list. Right, right. Okay. Um, so, Teresa, in, in terms of preparing for this interview, one of the things that jumped out at me is the fact that Nashville as a city has seen dramatic residential and commercial growth in recent years. So, 
and would love to hear from you in terms of the strategies that are being deployed by NES in terms of responding to this growth. We certainly have seen a great deal of growth. It's, um, it is a quickly growing city with what the Chamber of Commerce is telling us over 100 people a day are, are moving here. Um, but as you know, as a utility, we have to build to our anticipated max load. Uh, to manage that, We thankfully we have processes already in place for that. We create a 20-year infrastructure plan based on factors that we know about at the time. That plan provides us with a roadmap that we need as we see growth developing in certain areas of our, our service territory. So we are able to expedite projects from that plan if we see growth at a higher rate than anticipated in some of those areas. And we have indeed expedited several projects in recent years that were further down on our 20-year plan as we saw a buildup in development, um, commercial buildings, residential, et cetera. We, we can expedite those projects to make sure that we have the capacity. Um, also, whenever we invest in infrastructure, we ensure that while we're spending the money, we might as well build to a higher capacity than we currently need. It doesn't cost that much more to do that, and it's way more expensive to retrofit later or build a, home, a whole new facility later. Um, so, for example, on that, during the city's construction of Nashville's beautiful con- convention center, the Music City Center, we needed to move one of our substations to accommodate that project. It actually was within the footprint of the project itself, so it needed to be moved. When we were scoping out the specs for that new substation, uh, we allocated a lot to expansion. And uh, we built that substation to accommodate a much larger load than we were expecting to have in that area in the next five to 10 years. Um, so we're giving ourselves some wiggle room as we're building things. It has extra bays for additional power transformers. And so as we need those to accommodate load growth, we can just plug in additional power transformers. So planning ahead helps us. Um, and then we also have an asset management strategy that allows for process to monitor key assets for routine replacement to avoid service disruptions. Um, the last thing we need in the middle of trying to keep up with all this growth is dealing with a run to failure approach on our assets. So we we're trying to stay a step ahead. Great. So, um, Teresa, you alluded previously to um, your relation to NES relationship with TVA. So I wanted to circle back to that for my next question, which is to say that I'd like to hear from you about how NES works with TVA in areas such as development of renewable energy projects, as well as energy upgrades for low-income customers. Yes, we work with them in in many, many ways um, on those two topics. But one of the primary ways we work with the Tennessee Valley Authority provide energy upgrades for low-income customers is through the Home Uplift Program. The Home Uplift Program provides energy-efficient upgrades, renovations, and retrofits uh, to qualified homeowners at no cost. Um, This is one of my favorite initiatives. Uh, These offerings not only reduce the overall energy burden for our low-income citizens, but improves their overall quality of life. And um, it's great to be able to do that for fellow, fellow Nashvillians. Taking care of the community we serve seems like a great investment, and we appreciate that TVA has partnered with us on that. Another way we partner with TVA to bring renewables to customers is through uh, solar farms. Music City Solar is Nashville was Nashville's first community solar park, and it's generated more than 10,000 megawatt hours 
and we've leased more than 3,100 solar panels to customers. So it was a great community project um, to allow customers that either can't afford to put solar panels on their home, rent, or their home just isn't suitable for solar panels, they can still participate in such a program. And then we've partnered with TVA and and Vanderbilt University to install a solar farm in uh, Bellbuckle, Tennessee. And that will help the school reduce its carbon emissions in half by the year 2050. In addition, NES worked with TVA and Metro Nashville along with Vanderbilt on another project. Uh, and that was a solar farm in Tullahoma, Tennessee through their Green Invest program. That project will eventually place Metro Nashville's uh, government operations over a third of the way toward being sourced with 100% renewable energy. And it completes Vanderbilt's goal of 100% renewable energy for its campus operations. And as we explore options under the modified definition of flexibility for our TVA contract, we expect there to be a lot more opportunities to partner with TVA to meet the needs of our customers. Right, Sonia, you mentioned the Community Solar Project, and that's obviously, as you know, been a popular option for, for public power utilities uh, nationwide. Is it, um, is it too early to say, or are, are there any plans for additional community solar projects uh, in the works? Well, that particular community solar project hasn't completely sold out. Okay. Um, so it's still available to customers to purchase. And right now we don't have another community solar project um, on the horizon. However, I am looking at partnerships for purchasing power from utility scale solar projects through our flexibility under our TVA contract. So we can purchase up to 5% of our power from other sources. And I'd like to take advantage of that to, um, to purchase renewables. And we've been looking at the opportunity to purchase from a utility scale solar project for, for that 5% of our flexibility. Okay, great. Well, Teresa, thanks again for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. And uh, given everything that we've covered today, uh, there's a lot of ground that we could circle back to uh, hopefully sometime next year, if you'd be, be willing to come back and join us as, uh, for, as a return guest. Oh, certainly. I would love to be able to come back and brag about the things we've occurred <laughs> over the years. So uh, I'm certainly open to that. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now which comes to you from the American Public Power Association and is produced by APPA's David Blaylock. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back soon with more from the world of public power.